0: Welcome to another edition of 97 Octane Hockey. Uh, we're going to recap the Heritage Classic. Uh, Lotzi is uh, going to join us in a little bit. Um, that was awesome. I, I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday. Um, you know, I, I liked just about everything about that. The only beef that I really had with the whole um, presentation was, I think they should have had F-18s flying overhead at Commonwealth. Um Kicking the afterburners off and and you know making goosebumps uh, on people for about a week. That's about the only complaint I've got. Uh, Nickelback, I thought did a did a great job. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. What say you, Mister Bobby, who's dressed up like Jason Voorhees for Halloween here?
1: Ah, good, good, good catch, good
0: catch. <laughs> or Pelly Lindbergh, depending on uh, your age, but.
1: It's a, actually a game wore mask. A uh, cousin of mine used to wear it back in the day, so pretty good. Um, what did I think? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, the, the whole spectacle was phenomenal. Um, just, uh, the quality, um, just the quality, just the show of it all was fantastic. And just to top it all off, uh, it's, it's the win. And this is kind of a weird thing is uh, obviously I, I clearly remember the, the first uh, Heritage Classic, Orders and Canadians, and that being the first outdoor game that counted for points and everything. It was a big deal. Uh, it was awesome because it was outside. It was something new. And the whole thing kind of got ruined for me because we lost the game. <laughs> that kind of puts the damper on it. So I almost feel like I, I enjoyed this one more just because of the fact that, like, we got the win and a, and a crucial win. and And the boys played great. Uh, what's the deal with Nickelback only playing two songs though? Is
0: that all they had time for? So the word that I got from Tom Gazzola listening to him um, was they were having problems with their uh, monitors and Hmm. they were trying to get that corrected. So I think they missed, they they were probably going to do about four songs, but ended up starting late and kind of have a time schedule to get through to get everybody back on the ice. Um, So they were having a little bit of technical difficulty. So that's why you only heard two songs from them.
1: Yeah, still overall, though, uh, absolutely epic performance. And and I think this is a, uh, you know, as they were talking about pregame, was this is the this could be a game that has the potential to be kind of a turning point already. And uh, I know a lot of people are saying, it it's just the Flames. I mean, they're a shitty team. Yeah, but you know what? Other teams have been saying that about us recently, too. That's just the Warriors, the shitty team. These wins don't really count for much. Two points is two mo- points. That uh, Two points against Calgary counts as much as two points against Vegas. So... It was a good time for the win. And and I thought just overall the game, I thought we finally played a fairly complete game.
0: We did. um, I mean, I guess if you're going to be a little uh, judgmental of a win, which we're not supposed to ever do, we're supposed to just take them and and go on to the next. But um, Calgary looked very perimeter, like not a lot of attack in, in the middle of the ice at five on five. And how do you not, you know, take advantage of a pair of five on threes um, they got one power play goal on the second, like on the end of the second five on three with, I think about four, three or four seconds left. Um, but, uh, you know, credit to the penalty killing, but what the hell are you doing? Taking, being that undisciplined in a must have game. I think if it's anybody else, um, you know, you're in trouble there. I, it, it's rare to see five on threes in today's NHL. I can't remember the last time I saw two in a period.
1: Well, especially two lengthy ones like that too, like yeah. they were a minute and a half plus, right? Both of them, and uh, and yeah, I thought overall, I mean, the numbers don't look good now because we allowed two power play goals against again. But overall, I thought the uh, the kill was good. I mean, we did keep in the perimeter for the most part. Uh, our triangle on the five on three, I was impressed with. Actually, you know, a guy who impressed me quite a bit last game was uh, Darnay. Even before he scored that goal, uh, one thing you and I have been bitching about uh, in regards to him was the fact his lack of physical play for a guy as big as him. And he was doing a good job of boxing out guys in front of the net, winning some board battles, uh, especially in the corners. Uh, I, I, I really like to step up. That was definitely his best game of the, of the season so far.
0: We're we're going to uh, bring Mr. Lotzberg in now. You He's looking like you know he was ready to walk out there last night. He's all uh, in this gear. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> How's it going? All right. So you he said he's getting some new gear. What are we rocking here? We got a boom arm, and I can't tell what kind of mic. Or uh, kind of looks like almost like a sure SM7B.
2: It is most definitely not that. It is, okay. um, it is uh, some kind of off-brand, but oh. uh, I'm thinking it's an
0: upgrade over what I had before. Well, that also looks like an XLR cable, although uh, I could be mistaken there too. Yeah, I don't know how the tech
2: hall works. It was just like, plug this cable into this hole. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: Well, that sounds kinky in a way, but uh, <laughs> is is it is that going straight into your laptop then, or is there something else in between your laptop? Or...
2: No, it's just straight into my laptop. Want to keep it simple as possible.
0: Okay, so that's a USB cable then. Are yeah, you nerds going to sure. talk tech, or are we going to talk hockey? Oh my goodness! Well, with uh, you know, you got you got to talk that stuff. I mean, when 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 he's coming to play, you got to see what kind of tools he's bringing to the game um speaking of bringing tools to the game and and kind Ooh, of what weird, a segue yeah and and walking in uh I'll let you guys go first Bobby you can take this and, and then Lotsy but what do you think of this stuff
1: <laughs> Oh man I thought uh first off you know what uh, you can make fun of it all you want or you can applaud it all you want I just think it's fun I mean uh both sets uh I mean you you, you got the uh looks like uh Trying to go for the magic mic, but looks more like a tragic mic situation with the with the flames there, and you got the rig workers going. I I just thought it was fun. I, I got a good chuckle out of it. Good for them.
0: What do you got, Lotzi?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the flames could have gone straight to a calendar shoot after this. <laughs> Not exactly digging their look, but uh, it's all in good fun. That that's uh, it's taken on a life of its own over the last few years here, with a lot of other teams doing fun entrances like this to the Heritage Classic. I saw that the Oilers put out something about an invitation to go watch the players arrive. it totally slipped my mind that they might do something fun like this. Otherwise I probably would have been there to, to watch it, but, uh, I think they did a good job. A lot of fun all around.
0: I'm I'm going to say this. I, I think the Oilers, that's a great tri- tribute to kind of their own name. And, uh, I, I like that. I like the courage of the flames, but I, I gotta say, this is like dollar store, uh, redneck, make a wish uh chippendales uh look here i i don't know what the thought was there it, it is uh courageous to say the least um so that's my dig on the flames i will give them props for on their skates they had uh uh a kind of a tribute to uh mr snow there with uh yeah. als support on their skates I, I thought that was pretty cool
1: yeah for sure and uh like a that's just a fun thing. I, I, all I can think about when the planes are walking in is they got to be freezing, man. <laughs> like it was, uh, it's pretty warm uh, for this time of year, but still, it's like hovering around zero, we got getting uh, yeah,
0: a shirt on. Yeah. I'm thinking they're, they're walking from the bus through Commonwealth into the dressing room and changing immediately.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, that's not a long tunnel i had the opportunity to walk in there and uh, my mom did some photography for the 2001 track and field world championships so i got to go down there and walk in that tunnel and see what that's like it's not a super long walk but yeah it still was a little nipply for sure
0: uh, like Literally. was it yeah. hovering just just around minus one about that time yesterday when they were walking in probably I mean, it was, it was a little I had that
2: warm have... in what I was wearing when I got to Commonwealth at around three o'clock, but by the time the puck dropped and the first and second period happened, it was noticeably cooler maybe because I was actually sitting instead of walking, but <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of a temperature drop.
0: Um, it's awesome to have you here because you were, you were in the building uh, for it yesterday watching on TV, you know, you're, you're, you're watching this game and I know it started. You know, it was daylight, and then uh, probably sometime around the second period, the, you know, it got dark, and and um, there was no change. You know, in the visual presentation of the game, you couldn't tell like if it was lighter or or not. Um, amazing lighting for that for that game. Like in the, in the 20 years, it's you know passed since the last time we'd done this. Um, well, for one, I think we we got it right by bumping it up a month and, and uh, you know, not having to be close to minus 30 for it. Um, so I think that's, you know, a, a move in the right direction. Although I got to say in the original one, when guys are skating around the ice and you're seeing them see their breath like blow in front of their face and stuff, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, but, you know, the visual display of yesterday's game was – in my mind, like that was the best hockey game I've ever seen. It just was a beautiful display of what, you know, 4k technology can do. Now, um, the lighting, it, it was better than watching a game at Rogers. It really was, it just was clear and, uh, amazing.
2: No, they did a fantastic job with the presentation overall. Like, in, uh, yeah, I was in the building and I did come home and kind of, I, I have the Sportsnet app, up so I can watch a game from the beginning later if I want to, it's yeah. like I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but like I, I caught the opening ceremonies and watched a little bit in the first and third periods. Yeah, it looked amazing on TV. Like it was fantastic in person too. But yeah, the production value was awesome.
0: Okay, we'll ask you this because I've heard differing opinions on this. But when those two jets flew overhead, did you really hear anything? Because on the broadcast, we didn't. Like it didn't sound like anything. You could see them, but you definitely didn't hear any sonic boom or anything like that.
2: Yeah, there was definitely no sonic boom. Like they, they were pretty quiet. Like I, I've had been there for the flyover at Elks Games before, and it was way louder. Like you feel that in your chest. Right. And these these jets didn't have that. Uh, I heard the guys on the hangout this morning talking about that. They said they were training like trainer planes or something. Yeah. Like yeah. they weren't the same ones that normally get used for flyovers.
0: Yeah, I'm almost wondering if they've had some problems with the. CFA teams, um and they've kind of scaled it back a little bit and, and they went to those and in, instead um, it, it, regardless, I guess it's, it's kind of cool to still see that and, and experience it and, and whatever. But if you've ever felt the real thing in that stadium, it's pretty wild. It uh, shakes. And <laughs> yeah. It's pretty go- cool when you feel that <laughs> you get those goosebumps and that, you know, I guess you get that seeing Connor McDavid too. Uh, what did you think of him back in the, in the lineup?
2: He had a few good moments like I, I don't obviously he's not out 100 percent but he definitely had a few good moments
0: um, Evander Kane i those boards um, really lively like uh, hits on those things you, you really saw the concussion um, he, had, he had I think six hits in the game but there was one that was really memorable. what did what did you think of uh, his game last night?
2: Yeah, I, I thought he was effective. That's the, that's the Evander Kane we've been waiting to see. Um, yeah, he, he got the empty netter to, to make it look prettier, but he was hitting, crashing, banging. He was in on the forecheck, check, creating turnovers. Like It, it was awesome. Um, it was good to see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I can try to call up him chirping. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I thought, yeah he funny. was...
2: He was in the circle there after that hit from behind, which yeah, it, it was a penalty. It was warranted, and the yeah. Flames' anger was warranted. But he, he's got five guys around him. He's just like, what? What are you? What are any of you
0: gonna do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, you I mean, have to know too if they realize they're mic'd up, they're gonna say something to be memorable. They're gonna, they're gonna say something that's gonna make the airwaves too. So I'm sure yeah. you forget your would up uh, portions of the game, but in certain moments, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say something here. It's going I feel like, a guy
2: like Evander wouldn't forget that. <laughs> I think he's got I, the right feel, personality for that.
0: I feel like they had to omit some of what probably was said. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you're not going to – but like
1: having said that, like Evander Kane I thought was our best player. I mean, you know, Drysaddle had an amazing game too. But uh, Kane, I, like he led our team in uh, points. He led our team in hits. He led our team in shots. And just for good measure, he led our team in penalty minutes. Like he was just uh, – he was everywhere.
0: So if people – this is going to be a little funny because it's in landscape mode, but I'll uh, I'll pull it up here. You're going you're to get commercials again probably. Hopefully not. Awesome. Awesome. Nice try. Good try. What are you going to do? What is anybody
2: here going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: He was uh, pretty excited for De goal too. That 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 was pretty cool.
2: Like they didn't know it was De goal until the third period and I don't think Vinny even realized it until after the game. Like I was like Vinny was all happy for Evander in that yeah. situation, but I think Kane was one of the first to
1: tell Vinny.
0: Yeah, I didn't touch that. <laughs> That's you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't sure at first he touched or not because if you see, uh, I think he gets kind of gets clipped by a stick when he tries to jump out of the way by one of the flames, like uh, on the so ship. He, well,
0: so he might have thought that was the puck. Yeah, he
1: might have thought that, that was a puck that actually hit him. So like he he told Vinny right off the back because Vinny asked, him you get that one?" He, and he's like, I, "I'm not sure." But. Uh, and yeah, then afterwards, yeah, uh, Kaner was the first one I think tell Vinny that. Yeah, I don't think I touched that one. I don't think that was me. So. But he, that having a good reward for a good game. Because uh, I, like, I mentioned before there, before he got on there, Lottie, yeah, I thought uh, D'Arnais had, had his best game of the season so far. He, uh, he did a pretty stellar job of uh, you know, on, the, on the five-on-threes. He did a good job of, of boxing guys out from the net for a change. He actually used some of his physicality, especially some, on some board battles. So the goal was just the icing on the cake. Uh, other than that, uh, it was, it, it's something that we need to see from him at this point.
2: Yeah, he was really effective breaking plays up and y- using his size and his reach to his advantage. Like Just Vinny bringing what Vinny needs to bring to the table to be successful. And yeah, it was awesome to see that him get that goal too. His first NHL goal, guy like that that's worked as hard as he has and waited as long as he has. Like That was awesome to see. Is I wonder this, if there's uh,
1: anybody else uh, that has scored their first NHL goal on an outdoor game.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, this took you're rocking looks like it was from yesterday too.
2: It sure was.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can do something here to kind of accentuate that. Um, there, we'll make it a little bigger for now.
2: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. For it, and I was like, mm, "Yep, I need that."
1: For uh, for a for a mere one hundred and ten dollars or what?
2: Nah, not one hundred and ten, <laughs> but probably a little more than you want to pay for
1: Duke. Yep,
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool, for sure.
1: Uh, I like I the whole getup. Actually, I, I was a fan of the whole getup—the jerseys, the pants, the whole thing. I know people were getting some flack about the brown pants or tan stuff. I I liked the whole thing. I thought it was a good.
0: It, you know it grew on me as as it went on I, the, those jerseys though really pop like you could see them from a mile away just brilliant colors i i really like that uh for sure
2: i was sitting in the upper bowl and i could easily tell who was who like no issues with seeing numbers like probably i mean i couldn't read name bars but i didn't need to because i know the guy's off by heart yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah the jerseys look great uh I wasn't a huge fan of the brown pants, but I'm like, what else? What other color would you do? (laughs) You could have gone black, but
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, the brown
2: is that heritage classic feel, right? And so I was on board with it. It looked good.
0: I I think the Flames played it safe. Um, Their uh, their jerseys were fine, but they just, you know, they didn't make a statement with it. Um, I, I, I liked what we had going there.
1: Well, they're sure. fine, but let, what can like really? What can you do with the flames? they're ugly to begin with. <laughs> Any kind of change, I guess, is different. Uh, although, truthfully, I am—I am I'm actually a fan of their Blasty uh, jerseys. I don't mind those ones, but other than that, they're—they're they're just butt ugly jerseys. Yeah.
0: There it is. There's the. There's the jerseys, and I'm not sure what's wrong with that image, but.
1: Uh... I'll tell you what's wrong with it. There's a flame on it. Sheesh
0: yeah they're a little blurry um yeah
1: so lucky uh what was the atmosphere like like what was the what was the temperature of the crowd there because you 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 can't feel that through the tv obviously
2: no it was just a a feel-good positive vibe everyone was there having a good time like i was in a cluster of flames fans and we were all having a good time with each other the battling or yeah the battling cheers going back and forth and run out a good time with it but like I was there pretty much from the doors open and it was just a feeling of excitement and just positivity going through which was just really fun to be a part of that's a better look at it I, I what, I,
1: what I like so far is that we haven't heard anything yet at least in regards to any kind of shenanigans that went on that were you know a bit more negative like fight starting or you know some people going going a little overboard with the some of the drunken stuff they might do we haven't really heard anything uh, about that or anything like that in regards to yesterday yet.
2: I'm thinking it is because the beer lines were crazy long and the <laughs> concourse was a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime you get Commonwealth that full, it's just impossible to try to get refreshments or anything. I, I stayed in my seat the whole game. Like I went down there to warm up for the, like two minutes in the first intermission, but I didn't leave my seat again after that. and It was just pointless
0: to try. S- skill testing question for you, Ryan.
1: Uh-oh. Harder to get
0: harder to get to the bathroom at Rogers or Commonwealth.
2: I would say Commonwealth. Like the the lines yeah. at Rogers look pretty long, but they actually move pretty quickly. Yeah. Whereas Commonwealth, they were not moving at all.
0: Yeah, I, I was hearing like half an hour to go and do your business. So it's, uh, that that might persuade. Well, I can't imagine
1: for that game. I've been there for like Garth Brooks and uh, ACDC and Luke Combs kind of concerts, and and that's. And that's bad enough for washroom uh, lines. I can't imagine for something like where you got oh, just shy of 60,000 people sitting, sitting there. No,
2: it, it was bad. Like when I went to warm up in the first intermission, I went down there with maybe five minutes left, a little less than that. And the lineups were like still halfway onto the concourse. Like, And it was a thick line, too. It wasn't like a single file line. It was like everybody trying to wedge in there. It was crazy.
0: Is, is full capacity if, if for a football game, they don't do it anymore, but is it 65?
2: I've never seen it above 60 at Commonwealth. Like I, I've been there for a few events where it was high 50s, but never above 60.
0: Yeah, I, I seem to think it's 65, and you were getting that when you had Gizmo Williams in your lineup, but since he's been retired, not anymore.
2: Oh, yeah, it was different when I was a kid. I mean, I went to lots of, lots of games when I was a kid, and I, that's how I remember it was packed house all the time.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So how many of you guys saw it coming that our first home win would be at Commonwealth, not at Rogers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did not have that on my bingo card, not at all.
1: Man, so, uh, you know, what? having said that, though, like we are unbeaten in the outdoor games in the last six years. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> i mean two and oh looks pretty good for sure yeah. <laughs> i don't know i mean the the spectacle of of yesterday to me like they should be doing this every year that w- that was just uh, as a hockey fan i mean it was it, it was better uh, in a sense like just the visual i think has got me in just awe um than, than the original it just the presentation it just seemed like so polished um uh, you know, lots of people are up in arms over Brett Kissel <laughs> doing the anthem. Gotcha. Um, I, I would have liked if the, if they were going to go away from Robert Clark, go really away and bring in, you know, a, a, a Grammy Award winning winner, um, go to Vancouver and pull Sarah McLaughlin, somebody that can really sing like the, the, the original with uh, Paulina Gretzky. I thought she did it. A wonderful job of the anthems too and and uh, that was great and apparently she doesn't sing anymore so he couldn't reboot that but uh, i i'm not a big brett kissel guy to me i don't want the canadian anthem to turn into kind of twang but (laughs) that's just me i i I know some people appreciated that and that's that's i don't want anything to turn into twang ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know he's just i i don't mind country music but he's not my type of country music but
2: uh, I, I don't have an issue with Kissel but I think it, with the Battle of Alberta I think they wanted to keep an Alberta feel to it like Nickelback I think was a, mm-hmm. that was a big part of why Nickelback was there
0: yeah like, he, he might be bang on there but topic
2: that. With David too,
0: but. I just I seem to remember I think it was a long time ago Oilers Stanley Cup final and I believe they had Brian Adams sing the anthem once and, and uh, you know they, they swung for the fences and to me this was just laying down a bunt but that's that's just my.
1: Well, now my, we're getting nitpicky. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: but no, I mean the the point of it, wanting to keep it with an Alberta uh, vocalist, uh, I, I can appreciate that. I, I mean, it's not it's not a it, it's you know two minutes, so it's not it's not the be all and end all for me for sure. I was more discouraged with the jets flying overhead. That's you know three seconds or, or not even anyway, but.
1: Whatever, I was more it. discouraged by uh, Darnell Nurse's stupid uh, uh, glove in the face penalty. Like, what's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a dumb one. Like, that wasn't the only dumb penalty, but that was a dumb one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still a little leery of our discipline. That's for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess if, if our penalty kill is going to get better, I guess practice makes perfect. But yeesh, that's enough yeah. practice.
0: Yeah, two five on threes though in a period. Uh, you know based on stupidity it, it just uh, uh get away from that please i mean You're not he crazy.
2: had a stupid one nurse had the stupid one and then that broken stick that leon had i'm like i'm wondering how that stick broke in the first place <laughs> like was there not a slash there
1: yeah yeah but uh, i thought the only really bad call was the one against arne i mean he just pushed the guy and the guy fell over like nothing like if anything should have been two minutes for pushing that was that was a ridiculous call but other than you know,
2: that, that, the other I ones on it. the top were softer, but the one wasn't quite there. So I, I wasn't that upset about I'm, that one. I'm gonna
1: fight you on that one, Lotsie. I'm gonna fight you on that one. <laughs> Bring it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? What is any of you gonna do?
0: about it? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I I think Kane Kane's probably the best trash talker we've had in a while. I know Cassian might have been close, but yeah.
1: So uh I thought Skinner played really well and uh and now we're coming up against uh Dallas here, who's one of the top teams in the league. Um so in your mind, uh not saying what you think is gonna happen, but what would you be happening when it comes to uh the goalies for Dallas?
2: I'd say ride the hot hand right now. <laughs> I'd let would say go Skinner. I <laughs> think I mean, he's just got you. I mean, yeah, we lost to the Rangers game, but he played pretty well in that team. Kind of hung him out to dry in that game, and he played pretty well last or or on Sunday. He'll have like the next game's not till Thursday, right? So he's got lots of time to rest, so it's not going to be a factor. So I think I'd go Stewart there. Maybe get Campbell back in when it's not Dallas, (laughs) one of the better teams in the conference.
0: Yeah, I. I don't know if there's a sure answer to this one. Uh, if I had uh, Campbell's numbers over his career against Dallas, it might make the decision a little easier. But, I, yeah, no, I, think uh, you, I think you got to go with a guy that's going to yeah. give you a win. Yeah. And he's got a win, so try to let him duplicate that.
1: Well, they both got a win now. Uh, but I'm with yeah. lots of I mean Skinner's pulled back-to-back, uh, really good performances in. Yeah, the range you want to get left to dry. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna win any games by not scoring any goals, so you can't really hang that on on Skinner. He gave us every chance uh, to stay in that game. Yeah, uh, we got we got Dallas on the second, and and then you got Nashville uh, two days after that. And harken back to that uh, Campbell's win where he played stellar against Nashville. So even factoring that in, that to me makes seems like a more logical pick for him to have that game instead.
2: Yeah, you yeah. don't want Campbell to be out too long because, I mean, we have a little break here. He Campbell hasn't played since, what, last Tuesday? The Minnesota game? Yeah, 24th, yeah. yeah. so like, that'll be, what, nine, ten days if he gets to start Thursday, and then if he doesn't get to start Thursday, then it's going to be over ten days. So it's uh, you want to get Campbell in there, but at the same time, we have a hole to dig ourselves out of, and we need a guy that yeah. we can trust right now. I, I trust Skinner a little bit more than Campbell right now just because of recency bias.
1: And that's legit bias. And I'm with you, too, where you say a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, they're, both guys haven't really shown any much consistency yet. But, uh, yeah, right now you got a guy who's a bit in a bit of a zone. And you want to ride that at least to get your record a bit closer to 500. I, I kind of do think they might go to Campbell just because, like you're saying, of how long a break it is but uh yeah i'm I've been on board with the old uh, Skinner start on this one, and then uh, Campbell for Nashville.
0: we got a slappy waggle one uh thanks for listening on YouTube saying oh, Campbell, nice. Campbell versus Dallas he's got two wins, one loss, three point three one goals against average, and a point eight eight one save percentage um, I wonder if those are games where 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 those are in his career um.
1: Well, the only good uh, number on that one is the two wins.
0: Yeah. Um, And now he's got uh, Skinner versus Dallas, two wins, one loss, 2.67 goals against average, and a 9.07 save percentage. So those are better numbers for sure. Um, Same record, but, uh, yeah, I like the idea of putting the guy in uh, where you don't have to score five to win the game, so –
1: uh, hats off to Slappy there for getting those numbers for us. Appreciate that. And yeah, awesome our, six.
0: <laughs> he's our crack stats guy saying he's played one with each, LA, Toronto, and Edmonton. I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to go on a limb here and say the game that he lost was with the Kings because they didn't score enough for him. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's a guess, bad. but that's my hunch. And if he comes back with the answer to that, then uh, <laughs> I'll send you a beer in the mail. Is that legal? Everything's legal as long as you don't get caught. That's what they say.
1: I like the fact, though, that uh, all the talk pregame was the fact that this is one of those games that could have been uh, a potential turning point and use as a springboard. Uh, yeah, it was against the Flames, but that doesn't matter. It's the two points we needed. So, how do you see this panning out for us going into uh, the Dallas game?
0: I just got to say that my arrogance caught up to me real quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got to ask him what kind of beer he likes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should be sponsored by Coors. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. I guess you got to reshoot your question. <laughs> well, was say, what
2: was the question again? the The,
1: the question was uh, with this. Now that we got, I know it's just one game, but we're starting. We definitely started playing a little bit. Like we're we're intending to play. How do you see this uh, shaping up for us heading into the Dallas game then?
2: I think it was just like there was a better commitment to the system. Uh, like we had the third forward high, we were a little more disciplined in the box plus one. Uh, I I noticed a little bit of more of a one-two-two two happening more often yeah. in the neutral zone, which yeah. I think is better because it, it forces them to dump the puck in a little bit more than – the 113 one, we were hoping for the same result with but uh, that's just them executing the system better <laughs> and uh, maybe we needed a team like calgary to do it maybe we needed the the gm and paul coffee to come talk to the team before a big event like happened <laughs> but uh hard to, I, I don't think we're suddenly going to be uh, the best team in the league right now it's still going to take some time for the offense to start coming but we saw some signs of a turnaround there against Calgary. And I mean, it, yes, it was Calgary, but you can only play the team that's in front of you. So they did what they needed to do. And it's a good sign going forward.
0: I, I think, you know, that, that whole thing yesterday couldn't have come at a better time um, with where the season has, uh, has started um, just a breath of fresh air, um, a whole new, you know, uh game day kind of routine and, and really weekend and and uh you know I was amazed at how nobody actually looked like they were feeling their way into that game it looked like they were good to go right off the bat and there wasn't really an adjustment period to the whole you know difference of playing outside versus inside and, and you know being in front of 55,000 people and all that um they looked more polished yesterday than a lot of home games in Rogers' place, to, to be honest. And maybe part of that is because of who they were playing, but um, did not seem overwhelmed by the moment or any of that and, and played a really good hockey game and, and did what they needed to do. And, and hopefully that kind of just builds a little bit of confidence um, and, and is the reset that they need to kind of get going here. I really hope that that's the case. Um, they did look like they were in more control once they got away from the penalty problems in the first period. Um, you know, when it, when it became three to two, you know, the Calgary's in the game and, and there's an opportunity for them to tie it. To, and then, you know, or, Oh no, here we go again. And they never let it get that. They never let it get to that. You know, they, they did what they needed to do to close it out and walk it home and, and uh, lock it down. And they're going to need to be able to play that way in Dallas and, and it's going to be a tougher opponent too, um, better goaltending. Um, so they're going to have their work cut, cut out for them. Um, so th- that's a big game. I, I think if they can win that, then they, we might be talking about going on a little bit of a streak here, but uh, got to take care of business in Dallas first. It's not going to be easy.
2: I think Dallas is going to be a good measuring stick game kids. Yeah. I think probably. they're one of the top teams in the conference.
0: Yeah. Probably one of the toughest well, it is the toughest test they've they'll have had all season.
2: I mean, that Rangers team is pretty good too, but yeah, the Dallas game is going to be a real tough one. So, that'll really give us a good sense of where they're at. I mean, with the little mental reset that the Heritage Classic offered, a little bit of a break mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, we'll if, see where their heads if, are at. We'll see where mean, legs are at. It'll
0: be it, a good it, test. It didn't matter, but if the Rangers would have dressed uh, Shusterkin, um, you know, that would have probably been on the same same level as as Dallas. Uh, we'll see who they dress to as their as their goalie.
1: Well, the Rangers didn't need to dress Shusterkin. so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh but I think uh like you touched on something there. Uh, did, There's did, a fact did that the
2: Rangers played Calgary night
1: before. The night before or was the night after?
0: I think, I, they played, I think they went to Vancouver after us, so yeah, Lotzi might be right.
2: I don't know. I, I just was wondering, like, was it a back-to-back situation, or did they just not want to play Shesterkin against us?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was more they felt like they didn't need to.
1: Well, Quick's done pretty good at historically against the Oilers, though, so he has that going for him, too. Knows them better to begin with. Um, I think uh like you mentioned Ursula, i think it just this is the right time for this to happen because uh, there was so much negativity surrounding the oilers uh, probably even amongst the Oilers themselves even though you can talk all you want about no we we, we uh tune out the outside noise but you know you lose that many games there's, there's gonna be a cloud hanging over you and now this was like a whole different experience where everything was about positivity it was a it was just a you know one of those once to twice a lifetime experiences you get to have as a as a player and everybody's upbeat about it. And they just carry that kind of positivity into the game and finally play a game with some confidence in them. And now this win, gives them a little bit more confidence. So, and I think one of the biggest things we've been lacking to the season after, the, especially two losses against Vancouver, the one lacking was confidence in our game. So uh, it's, got, it's a step in the right direction. And you're absolutely right, Lottie. This is going to be a good measuring stick to see where we're at right now. Uh, you know, nine, ten game mark here in the season.
0: Rangers actually played uh, Calgary on the 24th, and Shostak played that night, and so we played them on the 26th. So they they just went with their rotation, I guess you would say. And yeah, but once again, didn't feel like they probably needed him against us. And interesting, they felt like they needed him against Calgary. <laughs> but yeah, they. You know, they won that game. They they won against us, and I think they went into Vancouver and won that game, too. So I think they rolled through Western Canada, I believe.
1: What kind of concerns do you guys have on uh, kind of Ekholm's uh, stalled progress here right
2: now? I think that injury is holding him back just a little bit. Um, I, he looked decent last night from what I could see. I mean, yeah, he was noticeably slow to start the year. I mean, he missed all of training camp, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's a vet, and it shouldn't take him as long to catch up as a younger player might. But, yeah, he's catching up, and he'll be fine in the long run. It's just going to take him a minute to get his feet under him, I think.
0: Do you think it's foot speed or, or a bit of timing or a bit of both?
2: Probably a little bit of both, but I think mostly foot speed. Cause I, with him, I think it was a hip flexor, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah,
0: you're you're bang on.
2: Yes, I I think that has everything to do with foot
0: speed. Some stranger says part of aging. Yeah, and, I don't know.
2: I mean, it's Barry's getting into his mid-30s. So, it's, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s. I feel it. <laughs> I played a game on Friday night, and I'm still feeling it.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure he was ever, you know, a, a racehorse out there either. I, I just think he... He's a smooth skater, yeah. More position, think, uh, more positionally sound than a lot of people too.
1: I thought the first half of his game yesterday was stellar. Actually, um, I thought it was pretty solid. He looked like the Ekholm that we the, he was last year. And then he seemed to fade away. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if, if fatigue plays a factor too here. If he's getting his trying to build his stamina back up or what have you. Yeah. It's probably, That's
2: probably a small part of it, but like I say, I mean, he's a vet and he works out all summer. Like he's an elite athlete. It's so like I don't think you'll be. If it's a big concern now, it won't be for long.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just a uh, yeah, nine games in here or eight games in whatever it was. It, it would have been nice to see some sort of. I think he has been kind of our, our one of our weaker deed right now to begin the season, but uh, I think uh, once once he does find those legs, like you're saying, Lottie, he'll be he'll he'll be back to our to. Where we need him to be. I've never seen him though in his time as no weather, I've never seen him get walked around that on that one rush be that flat footed yet. That was that was very un-Ech home like
0: yeah. I'm yeah, gonna not, say wasn't I'm that the gonna... first game? <laughs> I think you're talking about uh not the Calgary game, but the the one before it.
1: No, they, he got walked around the Calgary game too on that one uh the second power play goal at the blue line there.
2: Uh, so yeah, I wasn't paying attention to who was beat, actually beat. defending that rush. I was like, oh, why do we let that guy walk up the middle? Uh.
0: <laughs> beat beat I thought, to the inside. maybe you were in your 45-minute line for the pisser. Beat to the inside. I, I'm going to push back a Bobby. I, I think that we, we were so spoiled with what, like, his level of play last year that our expectations of what he can do are, are at such a high level that uh, – you know we're we're being hard on him. He's still an excellent defender, just not quite at the same level as he was at last year. And that's but a fair
1: counter. That's a, that's a fair counter. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, I think he'll get back to where close to where he was at least uh, once he finds mm-hmm. his game again here. Yeah,
0: yeah, he'll round into form, and and maybe yesterday was a little bit of the you know Brett Kulak coming out party with them, adding that goal. Seems like his level of play is is picking up um well he was I in think, I think,
2: training camp too right so like there's a few guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah, so it'll take some of those guys a minute to get their feet under them
0: yeah mccloud has been starting kind of slow so
1: I think slow people... start, but i got like kulak's last two games i thought have been really good three of his last four have been really good really like so what? he he found his legs quicker than, than i
0: anticipated we talked yesterday bob um Prior to the game, and you said you you were expecting kind of a breakout game for Philip Broberg. What did you What did you think of his game yesterday? I, it I, don't, think it, I don't think it was a, a breakout game for him, but I, I didn't think he was you know a liability out there, just kind of flying under the radar. And from a depth defenseman, I can handle that. Well,
1: yeah, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. But he didn't do anything uh, you know that noticeable. Uh, I thought he had pretty average game. Uh, if anything, uh, Arnay's game kind of overshadowed that, and Broberg quickly became our seventh defenseman there. Yeah, and uh, that—that's no fault about Broberg It was more of uh, an indication of how how, how well Dayarnay was playing. But I'm still waiting for that Broberg breakout game because we're gonna need it. Like it's the season for him to do that. It's the year for him to do that.
0: Well, Calgary's not like a fleet of foot team either, so I think that bodes well to to Dayarnay.
1: It could have boded well for Broberg too, because one of his strengths is skating. But we haven't seen him really uh, start yeah. making rushes yet.
0: I'm just saying that I don't think DeHarnay gets walked or or no, know, looking looking foolish because you know they're they're just not quick enough to do that to him. So his skating doesn't become a liability in that kind of game, and his physicality and his length and whatever can just basically eliminate Calgary.
1: I feel like he started the year off. Like Broberg started the year off with such promise. Like besides the Vancouver, the first Vancouver game, I actually thought that Broberg played really well against uh, the second Vancouver game and in the Nashville game. So for me, that was that was kind of progress I was looking for. Uh, okay, this is Broberg taking his step, and now he's going to start, uh, you know, escalating this kind of progression. And he's actually regressed. So that's been kind of a uh, annoying.
0: Some strangers wanting clarification. Like breakout is in more uh, offensive involvement. Is that what you mean by breaking out? Um,
1: just just his overall game. Uh, I like the fact that he's not making a whole lot of mis- mistakes uh, right now. But yeah, like one of the one of his strengths was when he got scouted and you know uh, playing in Europe or the minors, or whatever, was was his skating and his uh, his leading the rush, uh, kind of thing, initiating the rushes. So we have seen we've seen flashes of that earlier on. Uh, not this season, but the last couple of times he's been called up but just nothing, not a not substantial step forward, stride forward in, in that area.
2: I, I think he has it in him. It's, yeah, he him, does. I think it's mental. I think he just needs the confidence to just trust himself and just do it. Like, he, he seems to have Woodcroft's coach on the defense, or Woodcroft's trust on the defensive end based on Woody's comments before the Rangers game when he got bumped up to the second pairing. Mm-hmm. But, uh no, like we saw it in the preseason. Like Broberg has excellent edge work and good offensive instincts. It's just a matter of him actually doing it.
0: <laughs> so you know, on the subject of uh, kind of younger D-men, um, Bouchard, I thought um, you know showed that you know he's capable of of having a impactful game. I mean. Um, He doesn't need the puck on a stick very long to uh, make a difference in a hockey game. Um, And and he didn't look like the liability in his own end, Um, more of a controlled poised game, and and I think more of what we need out of him. Once again, I guess we can look at Calgary's team and and their offensive prowess that they don't have um, and be critical, but uh, I thought it was a good game for him.
1: Well, I actually thought he made that that step forward already in the – in the ranger game i i I thought he had a good game against the rangers too and he and he took another another step forward in this uh, calgary game so the fact that that progression already started in a against a really strong team at the rangers was, was encouraging and he just carried it over to the flames again
0: yeah
2: for me bouchard's big issue has just been handling the puck in his own zone like, all the way back to the preseason, the last game in the preseason, he had this terrible giveaway against Seattle where he, like, he was holding on to it too long in his own zone and he circled back and then just ended up tossing a pizza up the middle. And then, yeah. I don't know who it was, but they took it up and took it right in and scored. And yeah. ever since then, he's just been a basket case in his own end with the puck. As a, I, I, think, I can think of one instance where it was like a true Bouchard defensive error uh, that was what game was it now he just forgot to he just didn't tie up a stick he was there he just didn't tie up a stick well enough I think it was the Minnesota game
0: yeah there there's times where I think Bush gets kind of caught up and and he's not the only one for sure but you know you you you're looking down ice trying to make the stretch pass to the far blue line or or the red line um, instead of making that 15 foot simple outlet pass that gets you going you know, up ice. Um, so he holds it and holds it and waits and waits and delays and then and then pretty soon you're in trouble because your four checker's right on top of you and then you make a quick decision and it's a turnover or whatever. That that's that's something that, you know, I think with experience he'll he'll move away from and, and realize that sometimes the simple fifteen foot pass gets you going up ice and away you go. Um, the other thing with Bouchard that I I you know I think that it will develop over time here is some more urgency in his own end to, uh, you know, retrieve pucks, um, be hard on, on people and exert himself a little bit more physically. He's not a small guy. So uh, Mm -hmm. I think at some point he'll start playing like, you know, a guy that's six,
2: three. Some people call it a lack of urgency. And like this one kind of, it bugs me a little bit because like, I you could people call it a lack of urgency. I call it poise. He's so poised. Like I, would I want a guy who has that level of poise and comfort to not too panic. much.
0: Too much poise is a lack of urgency, though.
2: <laughs> I, mean, so. I mean, we're talking about the same thing, but um, I don't think he's the player he is without that trait. Like I don't think he's as good of an offensive player. Without that trait. If he had more urgency, then I don't think he'd be as good as an offensive player as he is. But defending, I, I think his defensive errors get overblown. Like I say, I think it's a lot of puck handling errors and turnovers. I can recall the one time he didn't tie up a stick in the Minnesota game. He's in the right position, just not doing a good enough job of tying up his man. There's one, I believe it is Philadelphia, where he, he got caught in no man's land and didn't make a decision to go try to go in for the pinch or hit the guy at the blue line. And it was a rush the other way and it scored. It's like, those are the only two real defensive errors I can think of.
0: What I'll say is uh, too much urgency is panic. And, uh, you know, too much poise is, 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 um, failure to recognize that there's some danger on the ice too. So you, you kind of have to walk the line between it all.
1: I think, uh, like Bouchard overall, like so, three uh, eight games in, uh, uh, I think he's had five actually really good games. The problem is the three bad games he's had. The first one against Nashville, uh, Vancouver, where everybody had a bad game. Uh, yeah, he was horrible in the Philadelphia game, and he was bad in the Minnesota game. Uh, the problem is those three bad games have been so bad. That's that's mainly what people are remembering. The other five games has actually been really solid, like, like really good. Uh, when, but when Bouchard makes a mistake, it tends to be a pretty catastrophic, obvious one.
0: He doesn't need the puck a long time to do damage offensively. Like It's amazing how how much of a one-shot wonder he can be. He um, just can't be the most dangerous guy on the ice in both ends on, on nights. If he, if he can get away from that, he's a hell of a player.
2: <clears throat> yeah, 100%. And then the bobbles, the yips, whatever you want to call it, like he'll work his way through that, and you you might be on his way to doing that already. Yeah. but uh, i don't think he's as bad defensively as people think he is no
1: neither i don't think so either. I, I, he gets a bad knack just because he's so well known for his shot on the offensive side but uh he does have a solid defensive game and and let's not uh forget that he's not even in his prime yet like he's also still developing so he's de- he's developing into the, into the, into the guy that we envision him to be and he's shown flashes of it off and on so It's part of the process.
0: Let's also remember that Paul Coffey needed Charlie Huddy and Charlie Huddy needed Paul Coffey. And I think Evan Bouchard needs Matthias Ekholm and uh, Matthias Ekholm needs Evan Bouchard. There's, uh, you know, different pairings uh, can, you know, one guy can have strengths in one area and his partner can pick up his deficiencies in another and vice versa. I I think that's just kind of the nature of the game.
2: Yeah, that definitely plays a role for sure.
1: And as a uh-huh. younger guy too, I wonder how much uh, he actually does feel this pressure now too, like that being the quarterback on one power play, of being you know supposed to be one of our uh, top tier defensemen on our on our team. I wonder if that plays a small role in as well. He probably puts more pressure on himself, but uh, there's got to be a certain element to that, perhaps.
2: No, I think that showed itself just what I was talking about with the, <laughs> the way where his headspace was after that giveaway in the Seattle game, like. He was playing pretty good hockey in the preseason on that pairing with Darnell Nurse, and then that happened. And then the Vancouver game happened, and it's been a train wreck, right? So, yeah, you make one mistake when you're feeling good. You're on the top pairing, and you have all these expectations, and then that happens. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) like. I'm bad for it too. Whenever I play sports, I'm not playing up to my capability. Like I'm real hard on myself and then I struggle. It turns into a bit of a mental thing. So I I can see where I can see a little bit of that in him.
0: So over the weekend, um, something happened before the heritage classic where Adam uh, Johnson, former Pittsburgh penguin in England, uh, ended up losing his life um, due to escape coming up and, and, basically, uh, cutting his, uh, neck open and, and, um, you know, they couldn't revive him. Um, I was involved in, in rec hockey in an incident where I was reaching for a puck and a guy, um, skate came up, hit me in the mouth and it severed my lip. I, I hit the deck and, uh, For a shift, I thought I was uh, Ryan Smith or or Darcy Tucker and uh, stayed on the ice till my shift was over. And then I went to the bench and the guys are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? And they're like, touch your mouth. And I, there's a little bit of blood on my hand. I'm like, what? And they're like, you need to go to the hospital. Okay. So I uh, grabbed the room key and I skate over to uh, the dressing room, get undressed, walk over and hand the guys the the room key I drive home I walk in the door and my youngest Max was like just born basically he was just like a, a couple days old and um his mother uh, says to me what are you doing here I'm like well I need to go to the hospital she's like yeah what are you doing here and I'm like thinking and I'm like oh, yeah, I need to go to the hospital. So she called a cab because obviously I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And I go, I go to the uh, hospital and I, you know, I wait and I get stitched up and then I go home. And uh, I, she gave me money for a cab ride home, but it, I thought I could walk. Well, it wasn't that far of a walk really from the hospital in Grand Prairie to where we lived, but I must have called her about 50 times asking, us, asking her where we lived. I get home and <laughs> Max is um, not feeling good. So we had to take him to the hospital. So I go back and, with her and, and we go to the hospital and I'm like, Hey, that's a doctor I saw. And she's like, does he have a concussion? And he's like, well, he might. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was my incident with a skate coming up and hitting me in the mouth. It happened so fast and it was over so quickly. And, you know, you don't even feel it. It's just, it's it's an instant and and it's done and um yeah i mean now there's talk on online that uh you know this was intentional and that and i i think that's really hard to uh to imagine in the first place i mean you grow up you play hockey you're on the ice all the time and and kicking incidents um do happen on occasion but it's something that i think is the most disgusting um idea that somebody could have to, uh, you know, kick somebody on the ice. I, I'm, I'm good with people fighting, dropping the gloves, a cross check here. Um, I know things happen a hit from behind, you know, um, that kind of stuff. But to me, the thought of using your skate as a weapon on the ice is just something that I would never do. And uh, that part disgusts me. And, and to think that somebody would go beyond that is, is so extreme. I, I just, I can't even stomach it as as a thought and I'm not in a position where I'm going to say yes, it was, or no, it wasn't because I don't know. And to be able to try to judge that, I think is, is, is really tough. Like how, how do you judge intent? I mean, what happened to me, I was reaching for a puck and the guy in front of me slipped and his skate came up and it's just, it's over and it's done so fast that, you know, and, and there's no video evidence of, of what even went other than kind of the, the scar i have on my lip but i don't know it's that's such a wild concept that to think that and and if that's the case man that that's seriously fucked up but uh i don't know do you guys have thoughts on that i know it's not the most pleasant subject in the world but
2: no I, yeah i would agree with you in saying that i would have a real <laughs> hard time believing it would be intentional like I, I didn't see the- yeah, you have no anecdotal evidence yeah. about the incident, but a, a skate in the neck, like, it's pretty hard to kick that high. <laughs> I can't kick that high. Yeah, and, yeah. well, he, like, how do you, I mean... How do you even do that on purpose, right? Like, a guy would have to be in a real vulnerable spot for someone to do that on purpose, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: He, he he was airborne, so it just... I don't know. I, it sounds and,
2: like, it, it's like a really horrible unfortunate accidental tragedy like it's
0: definitely it's definitely all that uh, and I don't know how you how you would ever judge intent it just it's yeah. I it's think uh, the, it's, the, a, it's a, it's a wild concept. Here, the key
1: here is that the, yeah, Adam Johnson lost his life. uh that's like that's insane but uh, on the flip side it's also a little surprising that stuff like this hasn't happened more often i mean if you think about how many people in the world that are that play hockey and you got these skates flying everywhere and you know uh thankfully you don't hear too often about stuff like this happening but the fact that it happens at all is just Oh, it, it gives me the shivers. Um, well,
0: I mean, Kane had his incident last year, right? And 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 that was a wrist. But be, before that, something of this magnitude, y- you go back to Clinton Malarchuk, and I mean, that's that's a long time ago, right?
1: Well, Zednik also got a skate, uh, skate in the throat there. Um, that was uh, two thousand eight, I believe it was. So, but I remember the Malarchuk thing,
0: uh,
1: yeah. and that was eighty nine. So I mean.
0: I mean, how many how many man games are we talking from yeah. the time of Clint Millarchuk, you know, till till now? I, I I agree with you. I think it's amazing there hasn't been more.
1: Yeah, and uh, like I used, when I was a, when I played, I had one of those uh, as a goalie. I was it was I had one of those hanging throw protectors, but right. I also had the Velcro one underneath there, like just the player white one that used to be back in yeah. the
0: yeah,
1: and, uh, and I did get a, a skate in the throat. So that's been about, it's about four years after the Malarch incident, and I did get a skate in the throat, uh, scrambling for a loose puck in my crease, where a guy got tripped up, and a skate came up and caught me in the throat under my hanging one, and just got the the white velcro one, and on the ice scattered everywhere was just all this white fuzz, mm-hmm. and, and my throat hurt because I just got kicked in the throat kind of thing, and it was down to the plastic, so uh, like that that small little thing yeah. probably saved my life. And, and, the very, and the very next day, I went and bought like the best Velcro throw protector I could find. Oddly enough, it was one that Kent Millarchuk designed. And, <laughs> and I wore that all the way till the day that I retired from playing.
0: Yeah, it, it actually, that incident does make me think about uh, w- wearing a neck guard for sure.
2: Yeah, it's hard not to think about that. Like, I remember I had, to pl- I had to wear one when I was playing peewee. But I mean, I don't have one now. But like, I'm not playing intense hockey. <laughs> like I stubbed for a Divi <laughs> yeah. TCRHL yeah. team. And, and, but and, and you know what's funny?
0: Though. Yeah, you, you think that, and then like what happened to me was in, in in all that intensive a game at all, and just a freak accident. And and before you know it, you're going for to get your lips sewn up. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take much. And I mean, skates are so sharp; it's a pretty clean cut. You, you don't feel it, <laughs> and it does a lot of damage.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good PSA. Like, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we definitely should be thinking about neck protection, and I mean, the maximum amount of protection possible. Like, there's a bit of a culture where it's it's, yeah. it's not cool to wear protective gear. Like, it's cool to wear. <laughs> like, like, why are yeah. we being stupid?
0: Yeah. Like, needless. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, thankfully, I've never been cool in my life, so I wear all the protection I can get. So.
0: Um. So I think what I'm gonna do moving forward, eight o'clock seems a little bit tight for me to be ready <laughs> in time because uh, my my youngest um, has v- volleyball till about quarter to eight, so then I'm rushing home. Um, to try to try to get set that's why I was tardy today that's that's on me sorry guys um but I th- I think next Monday we'll go 8:30 to 9:30 um I want to thank Lotzi for hopping on board with us he's got a gazillion quadrillion uh articles on heavyhockey.net he's pumping them out like a, you know like a mad scientist um so if you need some some reading uh, get on there bobby just uh, recently wrote an article um, I think Eric's got an article coming out uh, tomorrow. Um, so you can check that out uh, as well tomorrow. I don't know if they're doing the drive show tomorrow or they're back to uh, kind of later in the evening. But uh, Mike and, and – uh, sorry, Heber and, and Dashney will be on uh, EST tomorrow night and then the Fantasy Hockey Hacks uh, Wednesdays, I believe, at 9 o'clock is their time slot. Um, so you can check that out. Um, thanks for coming on Lottie. Thanks for watching everybody on YouTube. I'll have this out on uh, Spotify and iTunes, Amazon, all those guys, uh, sometime tomorrow. Um, thanks for tuning in. Glad we beat the flames. I guess if you guys got a final thought, I'll let you go with that and then I'll shut us down. Go ahead. Yeah, it was
2: just just really, I mean, it's, Talk about the Heritage Classic. I'm still on that <laughs> good times vibes from that. It was a, it was just a really good celebration of the game and of the Battle of Alberta, and it, it was just a really great event. It was a great time, and uh, yeah, it's one of those like people have said once or twice in a lifetime kind of opportunity. I was really glad to get to go to this one because I didn't get to go to the first one and yeah but as far as the season's concerned it was great to get that two points and see them play hockey the way that we know they're capable of playing and now we hope that they can just bring that forward to the rest of the year
1: i'm glad you got to go a uh i i knew quite a lot of people that got to go so uh and they're all people that i respect and admire so i'm glad they went they got to go and experience that of course there's a certain amount of jealousy that i didn't go i had the opportunity but i you know that's that i just dished out 600 bucks for repairs on my truck and stuff and i couldn't justify that but uh the other thing too though like dash meant or dash oh my goodness like Durse i mentioned the um you've been popping out lots of articles there lotsy and the the biggest uh, factor is there's not a weak one in the bunch so congratulations to keep doing what you're doing there
0: Thank and you.
1: everybody thanks for tuning in check out HeavyHockey.net to check out lotsy stuff and some of the other guys that have got some stuff out there and let's go oilers
0: yeah, um, you know, a few days break in between uh, yesterday's game and uh, facing Dallas. Um, I hope they can go on a little bit of a run here and claw back to 500 and then and then go from there. But I really think yesterday couldn't have come at a better time for them um, and for the fans. I mean, it, it was a special event, special day. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to be a little bit sad moving away from kind of the background of Commonwealth, but uh, maybe we'll pull it out from time to time. Um, Thanks for joining us, Lottie. And, uh, you know, you can watch this on, on YouTube. You can watch it on Spotify. And then if you need to do something else on your phone, it'll play the the audio and go back and forth. It's pretty cool. Um, Thanks again, everybody. Keep your sticks on the ice. Keep reaching for the stars Let's beat the stars. Go withers. Go. (laughs) Good night, everybody.